0: 1UP
1: Gaming, yeah, nice one with your 150th birthday, mates. Good job.
0: Hi, it's indie game designer Mark Shepard here. On behalf of the Membrane Studios team, congratulations to 1UP Gaming for your 150th podcast.
1: Oh, OUG Talks, yeah, oh, OUG Talks News in chat that really rock it's OUG Talks, yeah, OUG Talks. And we're here, it's 1UP Gaming, we've got another interview. Okay. Um, basically, I'm just going to say, please just tell me who you are and what you do, please. Okay,
0: yes, uh, I am Ramon Nafria, I am the CEO of Accra Monsters, and um, in Accra Monsters or in Blue Sambles, I don't know if you are really interested more in the company or or in the game, I am more the producing uh,
1: push things uh, in the company. So, the, do you know how the company got the name A Crowd of Monsters? How we
0: received the name A Crowd of Monsters was funny I, I will explain it to you. Uh, we are a group that was formed from the university and uh, when we were uh, in the university we had a, a codename called Loser Team because we think that was something funny, but when you go to USA and you say that you are a loser team, they see you in a really bad way. So we had to change this to something cooler, and we wanted to make uh, something that begins with the uh, letter A. So after, after a brainstorming, we received the name Akra Monsters.
1: In case anyone is wondering, yes, um, you do have a little child there.
0: <laughs> yes, yes,
1: sorry. It's, it's fine, don't worry, we'll, we'll... I will
0: pick him, one second, let's see. Okay, continue.
1: The game itself then, how did the game, the name, Blues and Bullets come about?
0: It's another, it's something similar. Uh, when, we, uh, when we were a loser team, we went to the GDC 2010, and we were something like, on, uh, We were something that you can go to check it if you want, was honorable mention in the student side. So uh, the game was called in this, in this moment, The Last Dance, but you know that The Last Dance is a film, it's an proper intellectual property. So we have to change this another time. And uh, the thing is that uh, we wanted to make something related with music, with violence, something like Sin City, that uh, is focused uh, in, the, in the wrong side of the, of the society but uh, related a bit with music. So for that reason, we were looking for a name
1: that at the end was Blues and Bullets, because it's music and it's violence. I mean, to me, the game itself, the art style, it did remind me so much of, like, Sin City, where it's, it's yeah. all black and white, just with... I think it's just with red. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm colourblind, so I'm, I'm guessing it's just red. That's the only colour that's in it. The rest well, is all black and white. It's
0: red and things related to the red. For example, there is orange... Because we, some moments for example we have fire. So in the uh, in the fire you you don't only see red, there is red, orange and could be yellow.
1: This, the aesthetics it's it's basically like if anyone doesn't know, like you'll walk into like the ballroom and the red cap it'll be really like like a bright sort of red and when someone gets shot there's like the blood oozes out and it's like a bright sort of red that it's a really good contrast to the you know, the, like the black and white sort of background.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll be honest, I didn't really know much about this game when, it sort of, when part one came out last year. I'm just wondering if you'd just like to tell people why they should know about this game.
0: Well, Blues and Bullets is a... First, it's an episodic game, and it's, it's a mature story. It's, not, it's a bit uh, strange because it's not the typical mature story. Because it's not something like life is strange, for example, or or heavy rain. It's a bit crazier than this, and it's using uh, some real characters in some fictional spaces. For example, the sorry, because of my children's telling. But uh, the the main character is Elliot Ness. and uh, Ness is uh, in this moment is in another setup. So now Elliot Ness is 20 years later after jailing Al Capone, and he is uh, having some problems because he was retired, he was running a dinner, but uh, now Al Capone has returned. So he wants him to help Al Capone in, a, in, the, in the finding the, his niece, uh, his uh, granddaughter that is uh, kidnapped. So uh, the story is is really mature. It's really different. Uh, for me, has been surprising me that uh, I know the game. I uh, I am the producer, but I like to be surprised. So when when I read the the script, uh, it's like oh, that's something really interesting. There are some uh, strange points in the game where we want to show strange things. So it's like a travel to the dark side of the of the soul,
1: and. I think th- that's not something really common in, the, in video games. You're quite right. There's not that many sort of like dark sort of storylines within games nowadays. Mm. Why did you actually settle and choose the art style that you've gone with? Because it, it does look completely different to a lot of the other games out there at the moment.
0: Well, there, there is a... Now there is something... It was a Humble Bundle that was called a monochromatic Humble Bundle. So it's not something really strange. It's, it's not so common, but uh, there are like 20 games that are more or less in the same... More. It's not the same aesthetic, but something similar. And we choose this because it's it's something we really like. it. When we began to making it, I think the only game that was with this type of style was Mad War from Platinum Games. So I think it's something that is really cool. But apart from that... Uh, There is no reason. It's it's a noir game, and we wanted to make this in a comic style, uh, like Sin City.
1: As I was saying before, to me, the game itself, it looks and plays absolutely brilliantly. But, unfortunately, I'd never heard of the game before, and I actually got sent part one to review, Mm -hmm. and after I played through part one, uh, at the end of last year, I actually managed to convince... Um, a couple of the team members to actually get the game on some of the like, best graphics and best sound design on some of our game of the year lists, And I, I will say I was actually really shocked at how good the game was and how little sort of hype was around the game at the time. So I'm just wondering how hard is it for a small indie studio to try and get the game and try and get people to actually play the game?
0: Well, first of all, thank you for your kind words. And second, it's really, 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 really hard. I am surprised because, well, I I have been a gamer since 1992. I have been in the industry since 2003. And and I have been... I, I always thought that if you make a good game, it will be known and the people will be interested in it. Because... Well, I am I am pressed, too, and, and I am interested in games, but it seems that you have not only to make the game in a good way, but you have to be really cool or be really famous or be something. And, and it's strange because uh, we see that our game has a really good reception from the players. In Steam, for example, we have a, a Steam score of 90%, and not because our friends have voted it positively, but uh, like a lot of people in all parts of the world have voted it positively so it's uh, it's really hard to to contact with uh, big mediums and uh, have interviews with them and see that the game that the interviews are not uh, going out, the medium are not uh, making reviews, not to- talking anything about the game so it's, it's something that we have to uh, solve for next projects so or things like that but it's it's something really hard. Uh, you have to be always with someone bigger than you, like Sony, Microsoft, something that is really with power over the the medium to appear in places. If you make this type of, of games alone, you have to make a surprise in a Steam that no one knows, but all the people plays, like Kerbal Space Program, for example, uh, that that really empowers you to, to make big things. But if not, it's, it's really hard.
1: And, I mean, I will say that the game itself, it does remind me of the original Telltale The Walking Dead series. Yes. Um, where it's not only a great story, but it actually has gameplay elements, because, I don't know if you know or not, but The Walking Dead and all Telltale games since, mm-hmm. they've removed a lot of the, the actual gameplay elements. So it's, now it's just... Story, story. Whereas in the original, you had story, and then you had to do like puzzles and solve certain things. Mm. Whereas with Blues and Bullets, it's got a lot more. I mean, I'd just call it like mini games, like the crime scene sort of stuff where you got to like try and arrange it all in order to work out what happened. And even the shootouts, where it actually feels like a, like a third-person cover shooter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, I'm just thinking again. Does it annoy you that a game like Telltale's Games, which, yes, the story is good, but the gameplay is almost non-existent, gets so much praise and Blues and Bullets just seems to have been overlooked?
0: Well, uh, I have to say that we need know uh, Telltale game from the beginning, because I love Graphical Adventures. So they began with Bone, and and was a game that didn't sell so well. And then they changed it to to Saban Max, that was a a success, a small success, but was a success. Then changed it to Tales of Monkey Island, then passed it to famous IPs, like first uh, Jurassic Park, then, uh, sorry, first was Back to the Future, then Jurassic Park. And with Jurassic Park, they make a game that was not good, but they uh, began the way of making good games like uh, Walking Dead so when they changed it to, uh, to uh, Walking Dead, it was like they have found the formula but in this moment they were working in, in Wolf Among Us that was uh, more like the previous games, so if you play Wolf Among Us uh, it's a mix, like uh, Sam & Max uh, Telltale Games and and uh, Walking Dead so now they have changed it to, to something that is really cinematical, it seems that they are going to work uh, to make something different with Batman and other type of games like the new ones that they are making. But yes, for example, I, I don't like Game of Thrones games. But they are famous IPs, so it's normal that, that the game sells more or less well because they have a good famous developers and they, and they have a good price and they have good uh, IPs. And I have to say that uh, related with the things you have said, uh, Walking Dead, of course, is one of our inspirations. But there are others like Eleanor or uh, Heavy Rain or other type of games that are we have been focused on things that they do well
1: to, to make the this insider game. And I'm just sort of thinking why did you actually choose to go down the episodic route? Okay,
0: because uh there are a lot of good things in episodes and we are finding now the, the bad things in episodic game. Uh, the first good thing is that well, as you can see, I have a baby, so I have no time for playing. I love playing games. I really play a lot. But it's like I, I cannot play GTA V, for example, because I need like 50 hours or 100 hours for, for enjoying it. And I, But I can play uh, an episodic game because it's like uh, one hour, two hours of playing, and you have one big story, and then uh, you can wait one month, two months, three months, Five months for me is not a problem for waiting because I have a lot of things to play, so it's not a problem. Uh, But in this moment, I I will enjoy it. This is one of the good things. And the other is that I really like the possibility to improve the game between chapters. Uh, Have you played
1: the second chapter? Unfortunately, uh, I work nights and I I was saving until this weekend to get through it.
0: Don't worry, don't worry. The thing is that you will see uh, when we or launched the first episode, the or the players. Uh, so uh, okay, in the first episode, the people said, "Oh, it's too easy when you solve the crimes." For example, so in the second one, there are some mini games in the in in some crimes. So you will see that there are things a bit different in the second episode, and this is because of
1: the feedback of the first episode. Right, first of all, I'll, I'll just ask, how many episodes will there be in the series? Five. Five. Yes. And going forward, so episode 3, 4, and 5, will they be released at a, a, a faster rate?
0: We are working... Uh, really, the idea to launch the episode 2 was to launch it really faster than, than at the end happened. We had some problems in the development, but apart from that, we could be that we worked so much in the details instead of launching the things fast. Uh, but we are really uh, in the dev. So, we really are making the game. We think that it's better for the players it's not like could be i don 't know i don't know how they work, but another companies could be that they have three months and they launch the game in three months so it's the same if the game is okay or not so we are trying to make the game in the best way and and that applies to the third, four, five episode. We are going to spend the time we need because it's like we have to launch the game when it's done, not when 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 we are putting in
1: on the calendar. Yeah, I, I agree. It's better to actually finish the actual episode and get it working fully, rather than try to rush something out. Are the team working on another game, or are they still just working on the upcoming episodes?
0: Well, really we are focused on, the, on, the episodic, on this episodic game, but first we are trying to solve some things that are bad in the PC version, for example. Second, uh, we want to launch the game on other countries like Japan, Korea, uh, Asia, etc. and Or China, in this case. Um, and third, we have Fank of Titans. Do you know Fank of Titans? Yeah. And this is uh, our previous game, and we are now uh, finishing it for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. So we are going to launch it on
1: PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. will be next month. And this is what we are doing now. I don't want to take any more of your time from your child, who... (laughs) Thank you, but no problem. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Okay. If you just want to tell people how they can get the game...
0: Okay, yes, of course. Uh, You can get Blues and Bullets on... In this moment, it's on PlayStation 4, on Xbox One, and on on PC, Steam, Humble Bundle, and other... Oh, sorry. (laughs) And other stores. And... And we want to make the game available for all the players because we think that it's a game that could be uh, playable by all the mature people, all the people that are 18+. plus. So it will be a pleasure if you get it.
1: Right then, that's not a problem. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you for you, David. And have a nice day. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Hey, guys. Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes you in particular
0: in that way. And I wanted to say I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/oug And see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.